Uh, so we are uh, in a season of talking about the art of neighboring. Because we have this theology that we, we are, we're engaged, uh, then it's, it's a really kind of a natural outshoot of that, that when I'm in my neighborhood, I look out my front door and, and I see a neighbor across the street and two more. And then if I step out on my porch, I see these two neighbors. And so there are people around us. And so how do we neighbor well? Well, uh, because we're on that theme, I, you know, God has this sense of humor. You know, sometimes life becomes the illustration. And uh, <laughs> so this week, I was the recipient of good neighboring. Uh, I uh, am going to share with you about the art of receiving. So I, I have to tell you, that I was in a place this week that I had nothing to give, which uh, most of the time we're, we're never at that place uh, until a pestilence hits. And, and so all, all that I could do is, is receive. But that's my encouragement, and the encouragement from the Word today is about us being people who don't emphasize giving over receiving that we, we want to receive. So last uh, Saturday morning, I woke up after a week. My, my neck was kind of sore. It's like I slept wrong. I was, you know, Susan's not home, so what do you do in the evening? You fall asleep in your favorite chair. So I just thought, you know, okay, just got a crick. Then last Saturday morning, I woke up and I had a rash on my neck. I thought, uh-oh. So having my MD of Google... I, I began to, so I thought, oh, I bet you uh, this is shingles. I've never known anybody that's had shingles. I don't know that my parents ever had shingles. I have, I've had shingles. Uh, this is also a public service announcement. There is now a vaccination for shingles. I would say if you can get it, I would get it. <laughs> I know that after this is done, I'm going to get it, and I'm going to get it for the rest of my life because I never want to go here again. So Sunday afternoon, I went home thinking I was going to go see my doctor Monday morning to confirm. I thought, you know, why wait till, till Monday morning? I'm miserable. So I just went to a health clinic, and sure enough, you've got shingles. And he put me on an antiviral medication. He said, how about pain relief? I said, well, what do you mean pain relief? So, yeah, you're going to need pain relief. So I have Tylenol. And for whatever crazy reason, that doctor said, okay, that'll work. Let me tell you, that's not all you need. So Monday, I went to my regular doctor uh, for pain relief. He confirmed, oh, yeah, you've got shingles. So I'm not, it's just not like I'm not anticipating the county fear. I've got blisters. <laughs> I've got blisters going up my neck, behind my knee, and all over this side of my head that are just, like, ugly. I told Susan, I'll be the guy with the blue bandana at the airport. I'm not shaving because I can't shave. It's too painful. Uh, as soon as I can shave, I will shave. I'm not going to start a new trend here. Uh, the, the medication, the, 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 that's true. Not, not knocking it. Well, I'm not knocking it. It looks great on you. I'm not excited. Anyway, the doc, my doctor said, oh, yeah, I need to give you, a, I need to give you a, a nerve pain. Well, I can't remember the name. So, but I want to tell you, you need to take this uh, when you're climbing into bed because this is going to make you drowsy. Uh, so I took, I took his warning. I took that, well, the first night I had four legs 
And one of them became disconnected, and I was trying to find it in the bed. (laughs) (laughs) And then I woke up at 3.30 with this excruciating headache. I thought, this is supposed to be pain relief. And I was just like dying. So that, so I thought, okay, uh, I'll try it again. But I finally got to the point that that's, this isn't working. So I went the homeopathic route. So I found out apple cider vinegar just kind of drenched over your head. That it, there's the pain relief, whatever crazy thing. So anyway, in, in my, my, my week with shingles, I, I became quickly to realize that no man is an island, especially a man who has shingles and his wife is in Rwanda. So this, I just started taking count. I mean, I, people so quickly just showed up on my doorstep. Homemade soup was the first thing. That when I got back from the doctor on Monday, there's a pot of homemade soup. That was better than a pot of gold. Got iced coffee, essential oils, sausage, rice, and an avocado. I can't tell you, midweek, sausage, rice, and avocado, that was, that was like, that was the best meal I had. Ice cream was pretty great. Kombucha, I mean, a tangerine sea salt, wow, over the top. I've got an amber lager. That's still chilling because I was really, I was kind of frightened. The mixture of medication and lager, I didn't know what. (laughs) I was already in places I don't want to go, so I I didn't, no more time travel. I didn't want to, so so sooner I'm going to have that one of these days. Uh, I got text messages I got phone calls. I know there were lots of prayers. I, re- I realize that there is an art to receive. When you're in pain, when you're in need, you, you, all you can do is receive. And so let my life this week be an example, an illustration. To receive sometimes is better than to give. And the art of neighboring, good neighboring, is about helping to create a sense of community within your neighborhood. It's about empowering people, breaking down walls. It's about everybody doing something together for the common good. Now, the first step that we talked about last week is with the people in our neighborhood, the people that we're going to likely encounter, we want to move from being strangers to acquaintances. I would say that most of us recognize the people that live around us. We recognize them because we've you've got glimpses of them. We've waved at them. We know what, kind of what cars they drive. So they're, they're, a, they're, they're strangers to us. But one way to move from being a stranger to an acquaintance is just this simple block map. So I just put it up and just encouraged you, uh, the house in the middle is your house. And just begin to, okay, what are the names of the people that live next to me across the street from me, if you live on a traditional block, the ones that you share a backyard with. So just curious, did anybody learn the name of a new neighbor this week? Don't feel bad, because I didn't go out to meet any of my neighbors. (laughs) Molly, tell us about it. They have six 
<laughs> That's great. That's awesome. So, so great. So this is just an encouragement. Uh, Ralph stepped out with his wife next door, and I was sweeping my porch. That was one thing I got excited about doing. Uh, I still don't know Ralph's wife's name, and I didn't have the energy to say, ah, because I didn't want to have a conversation. Uh, but anyway, that's the step. I just want to encourage all, I mean, literally, take to heart getting to know the names of your neighbors and write them down. Because if you're like me, if you don't write them down, you're not going to remember those names. So write them down. And you can, even, you can find this little block map on Google, just, you know, block of eight. And you can even like this, one of those things you can post on your refrigerator. Just begin to know your neighbors by name. And when you see them, call out their name. Kind of a fun thing to do. But I want us to kind of go to the next step. So consider as we, we take a next step, consider these thoughts. Great neighborhoods are built on reciprocal relationships on two-way streets. If we don't allow people to meet any of our needs, we limit what God wants to do in our neighborhood and our life. The art of neighboring involves our being able to give of our time and energy and just as important, equal in importance, to receive from others. So we want to learn the value of walking on both sides to give and to take. Now, let me, let's just do a quick survey. Uh, don't be bashful. Be honest. Who among us, it's easier for you to give than receive? Raise your hand. You mean, okay, you know, like, that's really like almost like, it's like all of us. For whatever reason, we live in a culture that values taking care of others more than receiving help from others. We, I, I, I really think it's a cultural thing. And then, you know, sadly, when Jesus says it's, more blessed to give than receive, then that just taps into that cultural upbringing. And so then we Christianize it. And so then, then it becomes, it's better, you know, I'd rather give. And that's what Jesus wants me to do anyway. And so the art of receiving in some ways is a lost art. Unless you get shingles and you're out for a week, then man, you recover that art really quick. But both are important. Now, let me overemphasize that. Please, as I go down this, don't, I am not thinking of any, if I get close to your home with what I'm about to say, I'm not thinking about you. Okay, truly, I'm not. But I just thought about the give-only neighbor. And for whatever reason, the give-only neighbor is that person who has the finest yard equipment available. And on Saturday mornings, their yard is, is mowed before anybody else's and like everything's already cleaned up and they're standing in their front yard kind of proudly thinking, you know, my neighbors are really fortunate to have me as a neighbor. There's no sweat. I mean, just like, and everything is immaculate. And then the garage door is up and like there's, every, everything is in order in the garage. And there's just this wave of Caleb music just flowing out. <laughs> 
and this give on it just like he's just standing there waiting for a neighbor to have a need so that they can take care of it. Now, there if maybe behind that, if you again, I'm not thinking I have not driven by anybody's house on Saturday morning. There is behind that this arrogance. The arrogance I have everything that my neighbors need. And if my neighbors could just see how well I take care of my stuff, I could help them take care of theirs. Now, what I'm afraid of is that that type of thinking has been seeded into this generation of the church. And that the church has that mentality. I am God's gift to my neighbors if they just knew it. And I could take care of everybody. So it's a very parental attitude towards our neighbors. And so what I want to try to do is I don't want to go there. But then I don't want to go to the other extreme. So the receive only neighbor. Again, not thinking of anybody. But here is the neighbor who says on the Saturday morning for the fourth time in a row, my car's not starting Again, could you come jump my car? The needy neighbor, always in need of a jump start. All, you know, it's like, why don't you buy a new battery? <laughs> so there are those people. There are those people around us that could be people that have this tendency to always want to give or always need to receive. And, and the, the way forward for you and me is to really know that both are equally important in relationships, especially in good neighboring. And good neighboring has to do with good community. Our community functions best when we all value giving and receiving equally. Our families work best. Just think about your own family. Giving and receiving equally are important in all of our families as well. So just applying that same principle to the people around us. So here's an encouragement from Paul in Colossians to kind of move us to to this two-way street, receiving and giving. So chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, Quiet strength, discipline, be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. So the encouragement, I think, we can take from that passage is, first of all, love as we are loved. Whenever you and I are asked to love one another, that's always coming from a place of a God who loves us first so that we have love to give. When our God asks us to love our neighbor, He's already loved us so that we have love to give. 
When God, I mean, the, the extreme of that is when God says, I want you to love your enemies, it's because we have been so overwhelmingly loved by God that we have love be able to extend to people that are even our enemies. That's incredible. This art of neighboring, God's not asking us to do anything that he's not providing for us. He loves us, but we've got to allow him to love us in the way that he loves us. So, my again, if you go back to most of us want to give, in some ways it's easier for us to want to give God love than to receive his love. And I, and I, I can guarantee that God has much more love to give us than what we can return. He is love. And he wants to continue to love, to love, to love, to love, to love, to love. If there's anything that happens on Sunday mornings when we gather, it's that all of us are just enveloped with this God who loves us. And he keeps shouting, I love you. I just, you just got to know how much I love you. You just got to know how, how precious you are. I love you. I love you. And, and the reason he's doing that is not this, that we go, oh, okay, yeah, I'm beloved of God. I'm the chosen of God. He's doing that so that we have this abundance of love to pass on to others. Love your neighbor because you are so well-loved. Then that's tapped into forgive as we are forgiven. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. Now, you don't have to speak out a name, but which of us already has an offense against one of our neighbors? We don't don't know their name, but we got an offense against us. So it's going to be hard to learn their name if we have an offense against them. So how many of us have an offense against somebody in our family? No, you don't have to. Don't raise your hand. Don't put your hand in. (laughs) That's too convicting if you start raising your hand. I do. It's longstanding. Still going on. Dadgummit. Forgive your neighbor, forgive your family member, forgive them as quickly as the master forgave you. When was the last time we went? I mean, what, a, what an incredible, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy on us, on us. When was the last time we went and said, Lord Jesus, forgive me, that he said, nope, not going to do it. Has that ever happened? I mean, I've gone to him and said, you shouldn't forgive me. He's going, what are you talking about? You're on drugs again. (laughs) When, When was the last time Jesus ever said to any of us, I won't forgive you? Every time we go. And when did he say, okay, okay, seven days from Sunday, I'll forgive you. What? When did did he say, I forgive you right now? I forgive you in this moment, in this moment of you saying, forgive me, I forgive you. Right? Isn't that who he is? So again, 
Because we have that experience of knowing what it is like to be forgiven quickly, and with, then we have that to give away. We have received. Now we can forgive. Give as we have been given. Now, as, as Paul, I mean, I love the way that Paul uses imagery to describe spiritual truths. And, you know, he's, he's described quite a dress-up outfit when, you, you know, we are putting on this and it's got this and all, the, all the, the bells and whistles of your garment. But, but some of those, compassion and kindness, even-tempered, forgiving, to me, those are things that have been given to us that we can give to others. So one of my neighbors was very worried about this little strip of grass that I don't water much because it's just a little strip of grass. And they noticed that one year we had just kind of a yard infection because of the drought, and they were worried about that little strip. So (laughs) they gave me no compassion about watering that little strip But I finally realized, you know, if I don't show them compassion, they're worried about my yard infecting their yard and wiping their yard out. What good is that? So then I realized, man, God shows me compassion all the time. God shows me kindness all the the time. So I've got that. I've got that in excess to give away. So I am receiving from God compassion, kindness, His even... Who's ever gone to God and like he's out of whack in his temperament towards us? Have you ever had a conversation with God where he's just not really like calm and collected? Like he's in control, I'm out of control, but he's, you know. So I get the benefit of being in that kind of relationship. Forgiveness fits in that. So I've been given these things. So I can give them away. And again, I know. I know that I have more compassion and more kindness and more even-tempered moments and more forgiving for me. I've received so much more. I've got this abundance that I can give out. That's what he's asking us to give. Give as you've been given. But also, receive. And the humility and the quiet strength and being content with second place. All of those seem to me that fit into the category of we are prepared to receive from our neighbors. Not just give, but to receive because we're humble people. Humility is a hallmark of who our God is and who we are. A quiet strength. Content with second place. Now, I know Adam has a hard time with that one. (laughs) But if you leave football out of it, he can relate to it. We don't have to be first all the time. We've got nothing to prove. 
Because we're really secure in the relationship we have with our God. So my friends, as we try to root deeper in our faith, I believe that we're transformed into the likeness of Jesus when we lovingly give and receive with the neighbors we encounter. Both and equally important. As we engage with people, as we encounter them, equally giving and receiving, we're becoming as people and as a community more and more like Jesus. And I don't think life gets any better than that, becoming more like Jesus. Would you like to stand with me? And let's pray for the Holy Spirit to help us in several ways. So the first thing I really, I want us to receive. So if you're comfortable with just holding out your hands as because you're receiving a gift, just however you do that, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit uh, to give things that He loves to give. And He never tires of giving. Uh, he, never, he never says, oh, you've, you've got enough. He doesn't, doesn't ever say that. So come Holy Spirit. Our desire as a community is to be transformed into the likeness of Jesus. Help us to receive love. Help us to receive forgiveness. As God is giving both of those to us in this moment. Holy Spirit, silence those voices that say that we're not lovable. Silence those voices that say that we cannot be forgiven. We are loved and we are forgiven in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, help us, empower us to live this new life of love. Teach us what those words mean, this new life of love. Take us on an adventure this week. Expand what that means. Let this community discover this new life of love. And Holy Spirit, empower us, help us to love our neighbors without expectations, without strings attached. Help us to learn names, to call out names. Create community on our blocks. Holy Spirit, help us to give lovingly to our neighbors. As you have given to us, let us give lovingly and freely to our neighbors. And Lord, at the same time, Holy Spirit, help us to receive lovingly and freely from our neighbors. Holy Spirit, take these truths, activate them in our lives, and transform us into the likeness of Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.
So my friends, go out and enjoy this day of giving and receiving.